Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All righty then. It's another episode of Advantage Connors. Here as always, your co-host, Jimmy and Brett Connors. What's going on, Jimmy? What are you doing down in Florida? How's it going down there? Spending time with your sister, Aubrey, and I don't know, Brett, uh, living in California in the Santa Barbara area for the past 40 years. I think I might have gone soft. I said, because I got off the plane down here and the heat is unbelievable. <laughs> but I will say it hasn't stopped me. Um, I get up every morning and I'm feeling pretty good. And so I go out and I play, you know, 45 minutes or so of tennis and, and I get a good sweat and really feel good about the rest of the day. Um, talk to my friend, one of my best friends from the early days, David Schneider, who, who is, uh, we go out and we hit and we look at each other. Like, we're crazy. You know, how did we do this back in the day? We're, you know, in this heat and this humidity and go out and, and play matches that lasted, you know, three, four hours and come off and, and still feel like we were alive. I mean, the, the, the way it saps your energy. And funny, I heard today or, or yesterday uh, a doctor uh, was saying that, you know, you got to be so careful because, you know, you're, you're, because of your blood pressure, because your blood when you're in this heat, I don't know, it's almost like it boils you know, <laughs> going through your going through your body. And and uh, got to really be careful, because if you, if you get to the certain point, just drinking the water, trying to rehydrate doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, you got to be so careful. And you got to think ahead, too. You got to like hydrate the night before and you got to make sure you, you know, if you're going to do stuff outside the next day, you got to prepare for it. We, we were talking, Brett, that you know, back in, you know, back in the day, you know, I'm, I'm talking about when, when, you know, when I was in the heat like, and had to, and to play in it, you know, we were grinding every point, you know, every point was, you know, eight, 10 balls on the clay or, you know, running around on the hard courts where the, where the heat just stayed in, in the stadium and around the stadium court and, and, uh, you know, the, and putting ourselves through that. And, you know, we look back like, oh my God, I mean, you know, it was fun at the time, but were we nuts? Yeah. I guess we didn't really know. The, the bad things that could happen. We were young and almost bulletproof at the time, but boy, oh boy, it's, uh, you know, and maybe it's because I'm 70 now and, and I, and I feel things like the heat even more and, and how it affects you. But man, oh man, it's uh it's a tough summer down here in Florida. Yeah. And it pro- probably doesn't help that you've been spoiled by the old dry heat out in California. You know, it's uh, even though it gets pretty warm when you drive through the Valley on your way to LA, it's, it's not the same kind of heat as you get down there in Southern Florida with uh, the stickiness of it, where it just zaps you and sticks your clothes stick to you and you can't get away from it. Even when you're in the shade. No, you're exactly right. You know, and we, we live in Santa Barbara, which is right on the water also. So we always get a nice little ocean breeze and, you know, in our, our hot, Summers are what? What's it get? Eighty, you know, eighty-three, eighty-four, eighty-five, maybe. But you know, with a nice little breeze. And then I got off the plane when I came down here, and I go, "Whoo!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, welcome, welcome to Florida. But uh, I'm having a, I'm having a good time. Uh, uh, Going to see your sister uh, this afternoon again. And uh, yeah, how's she doing? She's doing okay. And and uh, you know, we got got a few things we're we're uh, taking care of down here, and, and uh, trying to get those 
accomplished in the next day or two. And uh, yes, so uh, I'm I'm having a good week. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, I can tell you made the smart move that when you were playing, you lived, you know, when you were young, you grew up in the Midwest, Illinois, it's super hot and sticky back there. And then, you know, you lived down in Florida, like the first five years of of my life, we lived in Miami down there because it was on the East Coast. It was closer to Europe, easier for you to travel to Europe or South America. A lot of tennis players were living down in Florida. And then you knew that probably, you know, living and putting yourself in the hottest possible conditions to train in day in and day out was important, right? Because then you knew if you took your game almost anywhere in the world, there wasn't going to be anywhere probably, you know, on the level as Miami in the middle of the summer. Right. No surprises is right. And, and, you know, the, the training in it, you, you eventually, I guess, you know, I, I got used to it, you know, to the point where I thought I was in good enough shape. So, you know, playing during the day, you know, didn't really bother me, but, uh, like I said, Brett, when, when you're young, you know, I thought I was bulletproof and, you know, I, you know, I don't care how hot it is. I'll play anyway. Right. You know, I look back and I'm going, Oh my God. And, you know, <laughs> I see these, these kids today, you know, playing, you know, they play in Cincinnati. We played in Washington, DC. They just had a tournament in Washington, DC, which is brutal, hot, and humid. And then Indianapolis and Louisville and mm-hmm. Memphis through the Midwest. Oh, you know, but it was just, you know, consistent, you know, for three, four five weeks in a row and then going into the U.S. Open, you know, sometimes that was no picnic either. Right. The heat could be, you know, pretty difficult in, in New York over that couple of weeks. And, you know, especially inside that stadium, that uh, the new stadium when they when they went to the Flushing Meadows, the, the heat would just stay in there. And Yeah, so much concrete, too. You know what I mean? It just yeah. absorbs all that heat and it just stays in there. It can't, can't, get, can't get out. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I've, done, I've done my time. You've done it. You know, like you train in Florida because we live there. But do you remember also? It's it's interesting how where you, if where where you put your body when you do the training can have an effect. If you're training somewhere that's just nice mild weather, you're probably not going to be you know battle tested and tough. And I remember like you used to. We used to go to Colorado. We used to have a place up near Vail, Colorado, and Beaver Creek that we would go to on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and then over Christmas for a couple weeks. And I remember you would still go to the gym every day in, in Vail. We would go down to this gym and you would work out and you would be training for the next year. And you knew that when you came off of those two weeks, you would be in better shape than almost if you had trained anywhere else because you're up in the altitude, you know, you're above a mile high, your body's having to right. work harder to get the oxygen into your system. And so it's interesting, like the body is literally like this, like, you know, kind of like a machine where like you can train it. Yeah, exactly. Have it perform differently the way you train and and it's just, it's just pretty cool to see it. Yeah, you can always find something good about where you are to train and, and to make it better for you and to make you better. Uh, you know, like you said, in the altitude, you know, that does one thing, you know, and the, the heat and humidity in Florida or the Midwest, that does one thing, you know, so you can always find the good out of uh, no matter where you are. But, you know, that takes dedication. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you got to think that, you know, even though I'm off and here's how I look at that, Brett, you know, we were on vacation and, you know, whether we're skiing or, or what, but I felt that if I would do something then that that was almost like two days, right? You know, I, I didn't really want to, because I'd rather, you know, spend the time with you guys and go up on the mountain and have a nice lunch and have a, you know, you know, have a nice you know, hot chocolate or, or whatever. Yeah, but, but I felt if I pushed myself a little bit more, that it would just uh, be better for me mm-hmm. and get me there to the kind of conditioning that I was looking for a little faster. Yeah. You know, everybody's got to find that on their own and and what it takes to do. That was just 
sometimes I might have been a little too over the top on on doing that. But you know, for a long time, when when we did do things and, and go as a family, whatever, the tennis was still always on my mind. Right. Well, whether good or whether bad, it you know worked out for me at the time, and I was happy I did it. But uh, you know, now I look back and I say sometimes maybe I was a little crazy. <laughs> That's okay. A little a little bit crazy is okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> another place that we used to travel that's uh, that's having a pretty tough time right now. Have you seen these fires going on over in Hawaii and Maui? Yeah, it's amazing, right? We used to go there, uh, you know, twice a year, right there to Maui and into Lahaina. And, you know, I, I look and I see the pictures of what they're going through and, you know, the little town and all the businesses and, and the homes and, you know, the people that live there. And it's devastating. Yeah, And I can also identify because I think it was five, maybe six years ago now in Santa Barbara, Montecito area, we had the same thing happen. We had some devastating fires that, that came through and, and you know, we had high winds. I know uh, in, on, uh, across Maui they had yesterday, they had 80 mile an hour winds and I can identify with that and, and just, you know, how quick things happen and how, you know, the, the fl- flames can change and, and go in a different direction. And, you know, that, and the, right. the, you know, the, the firemen and, you know, the, the people that are, you know, trying to look after you and take care of you and, you know, how they can be caught off guard. And, yeah. and it's, it's a fire is an amazing thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I saw it up front and, and very close because our house was in the danger zone, yeah. you know, back then. And yep. I saw how things happened and, you know, knock on wood, you know, we, you know, a lot of places were lucky, but a lot of property was lost and also lives, yeah. you know, back through the Montecito, Santa Barbara area and, uh, you know, some friends too. So it's amazing. The video, I, the first video I saw, I thought a volcano had erupted because there's a video. Mm-hmm. It looks like, I don't know if anyone watches Game of Thrones out there, but there's a episode of Game of Thrones called Battle of the Blackwater. And that's what it looked like, dude. If you go back and watch that episode, I, I thought that a volcano had blown up because there's fires floating around in the water. And you're just like, right. what the fuck is that? Like, how did that happen? You know? And I think it's like chunks of the pier or the dock or boats are like breaking off and like floating. And and you said, you told me that people were having like chasing, you know, getting chased into the ocean, you know, trying right. to just run away from the it's fire just because it was, you know, getting on them so quick. I mean, and that's, that's just crazy, man. And especially for such a beautiful place and then, you know, such nice people over there. Yeah. It, it goes to show that in nature's brutal. Things can happen anywhere. I mean, that's kind of the last place you would ever think. I don't, believe right now that they know exactly how it started but you know you look at it and you think you know, geez you know maui it's a you know a great place it's an island in you know the middle of the ocean and how can things like that happen but you know there you go the crazy things happen everywhere and uh from remembering the, the what happened in montecito i mean I, you know i just think about the people and the animals and all the fallout that happens when something as devastating as that, you know, passes through, you know, your village and and your home and your property and just everything. It's devastating. And, you know, I, I, you know, got my fingers crossed for the best for everybody. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, you're right. Everyone always thinks of like structures and things like that, but it's like, man, all the animals and even like the bugs and the insects, I know people that are whatever, but still like just everything got dies that gets like, you know, put in the path of this fire. I mean, I grew up with a friend who lives over there with uh, with his wife and daughter, Keikoa Seward. You remember Keikoa? We grew up oh, together. Yeah, very well. Really very good well. dude. Went fishing with him over there about five, six years ago. So sending love and, and good vibes over to him, hoping everything's okay over there. But uh, yeah, praying everything gets taken care of and under control soon. 
There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours and hours on multiple job sites searching for the right candidates with the right skills, Indeed's got a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you match candidates. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. One of the things I love about Indeed is everything's in one spot. I don't want to have to waste time going around to a lot of different websites, a lot of different companies. Why? When you can go to Indeed and they have it all in one spot. Your one-stop shop, Indeed. That's why I love it. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Connors. Offer only good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash Connors. Just go to Indeed.com slash Connors and support the show by saying you heard it here on our podcast, Advantage Connors. Indeed.com slash Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? Well, then you need Indeed. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol's hair growth supplements are physically formulated, natural, science-backed ingredients. Their drug-free, patented technology provides consistent, reliable results without compromising your sexual health. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz. Identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better hair health through whole body wellness. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo Connors. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommended Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L dot com slash men, and enter promo code Connors. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code Connors, C-O-N-N-O-R-S. Let's move on to an activity we used to do in Hawaii all the time, golf. Oh, yeah. I know you wanted to talk about a story in golf. Hit me with it. Yeah, there's a, a great book that's been touted for a while that, uh, that I think has finally co- has come out. Uh, I read a little bit of an excerpt from it uh, this morning. It's uh, by a gambler. His name is Billy Walters. We like to golf. We talk about golf. Uh, we watch golf all the time. And We like to talk about gambling. We gamble all the time. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wish it would have come out a little while ago. I might have gotten some tips from it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, to me, it's going to be an interesting book. What's it talk about? It's about his relationship with Mickelson and, and how they got together and, and gambled and the way they picked, I guess, picked teams. That's why I want to get into it. I want to see exactly you know, how they met and, you know, what drew Mickelson to Walters or or vice versa and what they bet on, you know, from what I understand, I think they bet on everything because, you know, that's what he did. He's a gambler. He was a book or was he a gambler? Like, was he taking Phil's bets? That's why I want to get the book. I want to, you know, (laughs) kind of get the whole story on, uh, it's interesting because we've always heard and, and over the past number of years that, you know, Phil was uh, loved to gamble and he came out and he said, you know, I, I, I bet on this, I bet on that. I bet on the Super Bowl. I bet on, you know, whatever. And, and, uh, 
So that interests me in itself because of you know my interest in the in gaming back in the days and gambling on you know uh, football, baseball, basketball, and whatever. And and uh, you know my interest in that. And and uh, the one one thing about it is for me, you know, the one thing I want to see at the end of the book or somewhere along the line is how they did. Right. <laughs> you know, because I want to hear the degenerate stories. I know how I did. That's why I quit. Right. <laughs> so. Right. I know. I want to hear how degenerate it gets because Phil's pretty open with it now. Like there, I saw a video yeah. yesterday. He was playing with like Bryson or somebody and he's, he's like, what's the game? And Bryson's like, Oh, I hadn't even thought about it. And Phil's like, yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then they like, they spit out whatever the game is, a thousand hole, two down presses and all this stuff. I mean, I remember back in the day, there was a rumor, Phil, before he went to Callaway, uh, I can't remember, I think he played Mizuno. Is that right? I feel like he probably played Mizuno before he went to Callaway. Either way, he kind of abruptly went to Callaway all of a sudden. And I remember the rumor was something like uh, Callaway had agreed to pay off his gambling debts in Vegas. Oh. That he had had, like, you know, he had run up a, a marker or some markers in Vegas and part of the deal and maybe the reason why he jumped to them so quick was because they, like, had agreed to pay it off or something. So right. so I wonder if that's in the book or if, if, if they talk about that or, um, I mean, they'd be both be great guests to have on. I'd love to have both oh, these guys on, oh, man. <laughs> But you, you know, you know, uh, brother, the old line, you know, what's better, the myth or the legend? <laughs> you know, what's, boy, what story do you like to tell the best? You're right. I'm interested in getting a book, and I'm going to go out today and and uh, and see if I can find it because it would uh, it would be a captivating read. Nice. So, so let's let's transition from that in, into golf because there's been some interesting golf the last week, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. You should tell Ob. She can uh, download the book, put it on your iPhone for you. You can listen to it on the way home or something. Oh, good point. Yeah, I, I think uh, there's been one good story that I wanted to get your take on. That's a it's a good debate. I think the Ryder Cup's coming up. I think it's in Rome this year, Rome, Italy. Pretty sweet spot to have it. Would be nice to go over there and check that out. And here's the decision. I think there's maybe one spot left on the team. And it's Luke Donald. No, who's the captain? Uh, I can't remember. My bad. Whatever. We'll look it up. There's one spot left on the team. And the debate seems to have come down to two players. One LIV player, Bryson DeChambeau. Mm -hmm. And one PGA player, Justin Thomas. Wow. Both guys, major winners. Both guys, you know, top players. DeChambeau's gotten, you know, shit because he's gone to LIV and everything. But last weekend at their most recent event at the Greenbrier, which is a course that's, you know, hosted numerous PGA events in the past, LGBA, LPGA events in the past, he mm -hmm. went back-to-back -back rounds on the weekend. He went 61-58. Yeah, that was crazy. 58. It, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what a weekend that is, but to see him play like that and, and the excitement that he showed afterwards, we'll get into a little more of this, but also Justin Thomas, you know, came down to one last shot for him <laughs> to, to get in, in the, the top 70 to get to the playoffs and, and he hits the pin, almost chips in. Yeah, that was crazy. And did you see he had his like mom, I think his like grandma might've been there. Like she was sitting on like a cart and they show their reaction when the ball like hits the pin and pops out. It's like so cute. It's like, you know, it's his grandma. It's like, they're all like, oh no, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. How would you like to have to make that decision? Right. You That's know, tough. On, on, which, on which one to take now. I mean, it's, you know, you know they're both proven winners. I, I know Justin Thomas hasn't been at the top of his game, but he put forth the effort the last couple of weeks, you know, probably he wouldn't be playing these tournaments if he wasn't trying to make the, you know, the Ryder cup team or to get into the, Playoff. the, the, uh, the, the top 70 for the playoffs. 
So, I mean, he, he put out the effort and, and, you know, with, with the way he played and, and to have that shot, the guy's tough under pressure. You always, you know, you got to look at that too. I mean, and he's had success go, in the Ryder cup before he's a pretty good Ryder cup player. Right. You know, you know, how can you, uh, not look at somebody who shot 61 58 on a weekend to win a tournament. Right. I remember talking to Greg Norman one time, Brett, and he said that uh, I'm kind of summarizing, but he said, eventually, you know, guys are going to go out and, and think they could shoot 18 under every day. Right. You know, that they're going to birdie every hole or, or, you know, or whatever. Yeah. He's not far wrong. Right. I saw Bryson in press after uh, he was talking about it. It was kind of an interesting thing. I never really thought about it. He was like, hey, to all the, the really good young junior players coming up, he's like, go play the red tees. He was like, go play your most forward tees at your course and try and just go as freaking low as you can go. You know, just like try and go for birdie on every, I mean, every hole. It's easy to say, right? But like, you right. know, it, like even when in your mind, you're like, play the reds. You're supposed to play the backs if you're trying to be a great player. You know, it's like, it seems like, uh, you know, reverse of what you would want to do. So I thought that was kind of interesting where it like, it allows you the mindset to be super aggressive. Where like, if you're hitting from the blacks, you're hitting a four iron into a par four. But if you're hitting from the reds, you might be hitting like an L wedge into every par four or, you know, sand wedge or something. Right. You know, so it's like teaches you to be super aggressive. It's funny you say that because, you know, for, you know, from a, from a hack like me, you know, I make a birdie and I'm so happy making a birdie that, you know, oh, wait, I got a shot I can, I can uh, kind of throw away now. And it's <laughs> inevitable that the next hole I make a bogey. Right. Yeah. Cause <laughs> you think like that, right? Cause you're like, yeah. instead of going like, let's make another birdie, you go like, phew, I got a little, uh, I got a little breathing room. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Who would you take? Uh, I, I, I still have to go with Justin Thomas. Okay. I, I just think that, that, uh, I, I know he's been, you know, he's had a little bit of a tough time, but I, he just seems to kind of rise to the occasion, but, but, yeah. you know, but then on the other hand, you know, no, no, that's okay. You take Justin Thomas. I'll argue for, for Bryson. My point <laughs> being shooting 61 58 on a weekend, that that's pretty strong, but did he shoot his wide? <laughs> you know, did kind, he blow you know, it? kind of thing and, yeah did he blow it you mean already yeah yeah that that's where it's a great conversation to think you know who who's gonna produce that you know when 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 it comes down to the Ryder cup and and uh uh you know when they get on that one-on-one yeah. you know each match is match important play and yeah, match play. You take Justin Thomas I mean I'm a big Justin Thomas fan I love the guy so it's not like a, this is a diss on him but I'm going to go ahead and take the guy who shoots 61-58 on a weekend to win a tournament as opposed to the guy who needs to, like, chip in on the last hole to be top 70. You know what I mean? Like, that, the guy who won right. the tournament is playing pretty strong. And it seems like Bryson, like, you remember a year ago, he kind of went meathead and was doing those, those like, long drive competitions where he was just trying to swing as hard as he possibly could. And, you know, he almost got taken right. away from, like, real golf a little bit. He got so strong. He got almost, like, too buff. It looks like he's kind of like reeled that in. He's lost a little bit of weight. He's not quite as bulky. His results this year have been better. It seems like his trend has been kind of on the way up, you know, while Justin, I mean, yep. you know, Justin's not like it's on the way down. He's just not on the way up. Like he's just kind of in the middle stagnant right now, like having a, you know, not difficult time, but just not an off year for him. Let's just say, 
So I think I'd right. go, I think I'd go with Bryson, but I feel like you're a winner. Okay. I feel like you're a winner either way. With if you take either of the guys, they're both great. I I got you. I got you. I'll bet you dinner on it. And and I'm going <laughs> to come up with a name. Zach Johnson's going to have a difficult choice. How nice. do you like that? Zach Johnson. I came up Zach Johnson. So <laughs> nice. We'll move on. We'll see how that plays out. We'll move on to to tennis. A couple more topics. I know you got a lot of stuff to do. But I just one tennis going on. I'm working the Canadian tennis this week. The women are in Montreal. The men are in Toronto. This will come out Friday morning, so I don't want to date this with results. But there was a match yesterday I just want to kind of talk about and get your take on. Carlos Alcaraz, Wimbledon champ, uh, U.S. Open champ, number one player in the world, uh, played his first match uh, since his Wimbledon title yesterday against Mr. Ben Shelton. Uh, the American youngster. We talked about Ben earlier in the year when he had that great run uh, down under in Australia to make the quarters at the Australian Open. But since then, Shelton hasn't been able to put together back-to-back wins. And so I wanted to get your take on Carlos. Not so much just because, I mean, he's back. He looked good, you know, kind of what we expected. But with Shelton, like, talk to me about what, you know, what what should we be thinking with him? You know, because he, he kind of had that run. It was almost like a, a surprise, like, you know, early. We didn't think maybe he would do that sort of thing, you know, in his second slam uh, as a pro, you know, coming out of college at Florida. Right. But you know what, though, brother? He, uh, you know, he came out, he's fresh, he's new, a new face, a new game uh, that uh, that a lot of the guys who have been out there for a while have never seen before. Now he's been around for a bit. They've watched him practice, maybe even practiced with him, you know, and kind of understand a little bit what his game uh, is, is about more more than they did when he first came out. So mm-hmm. he might have caught a lot of the guys by surprise. You know, that surprise wears off. Right. You know, they they probably, you know, kind of caught up to him a little bit and, and kind of understand his game. But, you know, from his standpoint, you know, he was touted pretty strong there, you know, and, and we were we jumped on the bandwagon yep. and thought that he was going to, you know, come out and really, you know, do some things. He's He still can, Brad. He's young. Oh, and, yeah. and uh, the experience and what he is gaining every match, every tournament that he plays is going to be invaluable down the line, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, don't don't get caught in the trap of of worrying about what the people who are sitting up at the desk up above watching you play these matches in the heat and playing against the best players in the world. Don't fall into the trap of what they say. Right. You know, <laughs> guys like us. <laughs> yeah. Guys like us. Right. Uh, you know, but, but, you know, go out and, and continue your, your way working hard and training hard and, you know, trying to improve your game and, you know, un- understand that there's, you know, that you're young and there's going to be ups and downs and, and waves along the way that, that are going to be difficult, but, but grind through them and, mm-hmm. and stay in there and, and don't get discouraged with yourself or, or, or let somebody, uh, somebody else's comments get in your mind to where it affects what you want to do. Right. That's, that's kind of the key. And that's hard to do. That's why it's good to have a, a good team around you. You know, you guys have, five, six guys, you know, you know, have a good team around you to keep your confidence up and let them uh, be a part of, you know, continuing to work on you and your game to make you a better player. Yeah. Uh, so if he can, if he can do that, I've, I've watched him play a little bit and, and he, you know, he's, he's got a good game. He's got, it looks like he's got a good attitude. He's fresh. He's, he's young. You know, he's got a smile on his face, you know, which is what tennis needs. And, right. and uh, you know, hopefully he's one of them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. His dad is his coach now. His dad stopped working at Florida to be his full-time coach, so that's cool. I know you played him when he was on tour a couple times back in the day. That's right. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, too, where it's like he's still in his first full calendar year on tour, 
you know? And so like, there's a ton of players whose first full calendar year on tour might not have a result past the first or the second round. Right. You know, they're young, exactly. they're just coming up and then boom, he comes up and has this big result. You know, he raises expectations. He signs the big contracts with the sponsors with on, on, uh, you know, running shoes and, and clothing and he looks good out there now. And, and so now we're just, you know, now our expectations jump up. It's like one of these things where, where I see it in gambling where a person, you know, someone comes out of nowhere or whatever and has a big result. And then like the gamblers or the book will now price that person off of that result more than maybe they should. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh shit, he yep. made the semis yep. or a quarter. Like he's minus 800 in his next match. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like if, if you took that one tournament out of the equation, his best result is blank. You know, it's like way less or something, let's say. Right. right. And there's like, you know, remember, and there's like Radakanu is another example where she pops up, wins a 10 matches in a row to be unranked qualifier to win the U.S. Open. Boom. Huge success. Now expectations are through the roof, signs contracts, you know, the book makes her a favorite, you know, but maybe ne she's not necessarily ready to do that week in and week out. You know, it's like a, like they have a hot run. They, they show their potential, but they're not at the at that potential to be able to do it week in and week out yet. Right. Well. I, I think that, uh, you know, it's the same with Radicanu. I mean, you know, you go, you go through a run like that and, and uh, all, all of a sudden, you know, you become one of them. You win a Grand Slam, you, you know, all of a sudden now you're a Grand Slam player, uh, winner, and you get to the quarters of, of Australia, your first or second Grand Slam out, and all of a sudden, you know, your name becomes visible in a hurry. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden the expectations from you become even more so in a hurry, too. Right. You know, breaking in quickly and rising to the top, that's what you're in the game for. But there's a lot of responsibility that that uh, that goes along with that. And, you know, like like I said, you know, he's he's young and he'll gain nothing but experience. And, and you know, his his dad's been around. He knows what's up. And, and I'm sure that, you know, he can inject a lot of that feeling and a lot of that experience and, and a lot of that knowledge into him a lot quicker because, you know, like I always say, there's nothing like getting the knowledge of somebody who's been there and done it. Right. Uh, when you know, your grandma, my mom was coaching me. Sometimes it's tough to take criticism or something, you know, from, you know, from your mom or your dad. Right. You know, but, but you got to understand that nobody's going to be more for you and more in your corner and wanting you to, to be the best than them. Totally. You know, so Listen, yep. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the, the, best, the best thing I can say. They have your best interests at heart. Your business was humming, but now you're falling behind. Teams buried in manual work, taking forever to close the books. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 36,000, 25, 1. 36,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close their books in a day, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind, so you get a customized solution for all your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need, all in one place. My favorite thing about NetSuite is that everything is in one spot. I don't have time to go around looking for the information all over the place, so NetSuite is my one-stop shop. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist 
designed to give you consistently excellent performance. Absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Connors. That's netsuite.com slash Connors to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Connors. That's netsuite.com slash Connors to get your very own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Connors. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Answer me this. There's been a like thing going around Twitter where they're asking certain players, hey, would you rather win a Grand Slam or would you rather become number one in the world? And certain guys are falling on either side. I mean, it doesn't matter for you because you did mm-hmm. both. But like if you hadn't done either and you were a young guy coming up, what would you rather do? Uh, well, back back in the day, you know, the Grand Slam, uh, that's that's where you really made your name, which made it possible to go on and, and, and be invited to special events and, and exhibition weeks and, and, and things like that, you right. know, I, I, exhibition weeks. I, I would go with, uh, with, uh, with Nastasi and we'd play, you know, six weeks or so uh, around the world and play six out of seven days. And that's really <laughs> where the money was made right. you know, for us back yeah. in those days. So when, when I, when I won Australia, that was good. But when I won Wimbledon, it was great, yeah. uh, you know, and then I won the U S open and that was even better. All this, so for me, I, I would rather win a grand slam. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things too, where like, if you're number one in the world, you've probably won a grand slam. So it's kind of like a weird, silly argument. Like what you're going to get to number one, not winning slams while other people are gobbling up the slams all year. You know, like there's, right. only, like, there's only been, I feel like there's only one example in history. Is it like Marcelo Rios who made it to one without actually winning a grand slam? That's I'm not a good sure. Point. I never thought of that uh, that way, but you're right. Yeah, I think that's the only one. I think so. I'm not, I'd have to look that up. Maybe one of our listeners can can fact check me. But just this thought, I'd get your take on that. Um, let's move on. Last topic before we uh, say our goodbyes. We don't talk baseball too much on this podcast. Not the biggest baseball watchers. Grew up watching and playing it, obviously. You know, loved it as a kid. Went to Bush Stadium back at Grandma's in St. Louis and went to Angels and Dodgers games growing up here in, in, uh, in Southern California. But there's a player out there now that I think deserves our attention, even if we're just casual fans. There's a guy in Anaheim, Japanese player by the name of Shohei Otani. Have you heard of this guy? I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> this guy he's, he's amazing. is a beast, bro. He is, I think he's still leading the league in home runs as we're here in the you know first, second week of August. And also, by the way, he's a lockdown dominant starting pitcher. <laughs> wow. When I I remember hearing you say that what what do they call him? They call him uh, Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth. Right? <laughs> you know, how great a name is that? You yeah. Know, you know, named after the that you get that from the great Babe Ruth, and then one of the best candy bars ever. Right. <laughs> so. This dude's pretty impressive, man. I mean, I'm not a baseball guy. I don't know much about it, but like just the fact that no one else does that. You know, like no pitchers. Really, hardly any pitchers are very good at hitting, right? It's usually like a throwaway right. out, or if they can bat two hundred, it's like pretty solid. They'll take it, you know. But and it makes you wonder, like, is it why don't other guys do it? It must be super hard, you know. Blah blah blah. But this guy is a beast. He pitched last night, 
He pitched six innings, gave up one run, and then he also hits. He doesn't, like, take right. the night off. He, they throw him in. He DHs. He gets, like, two more at-bats, you know, in the night. And then last week, I think his last day, he they played a doubleheader in Detroit. He throws a complete game shutout in the first game. And then goes like two or three for four and hits two bomb home runs in the second game, you know? Right. Well, that's it. Uh, he's got great eye-hand coordination and, you know, and an amazing arm. I mean, you know, that's, you know, how yeah. could you beat that? The good thing is, is that uh, the manager or the coach or whatever is, is not just singles him out to be only a pitcher or right. only a hitter. Right, yeah. He's, he's letting him do both. That's true. Most people he'll probably throw. try and make him just focus on one when he's young coming up. But, um, I mean, I, I haven't looked at a baseball schedule for a specific player to go and see since maybe I was a teenager when I went and saw King Griffey Jr. to try and hit a home run when he was like a, a youngster in Seattle. So, and I right. did that. Like last week, I was like, dude, when's Otani pitching in? He pitched last night. I had to work and the tennis went late, so I couldn't get away. I'm going to try. Hopefully, he before I go to New York for the Open, there's a couple more home games. I'm going to try and sneak out there uh, and, and watch them. But, uh, man, it's pretty, pretty neat and pretty fun to watch. It's kind of sad that, I mean, him and Mike Trout, maybe two of the best hitters in the game, are on the same team but Anaheim's not not really contending. And uh, I don't know if Otani will stay on the Angels. He's a free agent after this year. But, man, is it, is it wow. a fun story to watch? And it, and it pulls you into baseball a little bit, and it's fun for the for the late summer summer games coming up. Yep, I'll be tuning in more to watch it, watch uh, watch his results too myself. Nice. Um, let's let's wrap it up. I know you got a busy day. Uh, one thing I, we need to talk about, we, we mention him often on this show. His name is Mr. William Lelly, Billy Lelly. Uh, Red Dog, as he's known to a lot of people out there, um, has been struggling with some health issues. And, uh, you know, we just we just want to say we love him. You know, he's one of our best friends. He's family to us. And, and you know, we're thinking about him and, you know, praying for him, sending him good thoughts. And, and you know, hope, hope he's getting better back in St. Louis and, uh, you know, can come out and see us or we can get back there and see him when he feels better. Indeed. And, uh, you know, so uh, we've been we've been friends, Brett, since uh, since I've been about 12 years old. He, uh, he traveled with me and, and, uh, you know, not, not only, you know, on the, on the regular tour, but also through the senior tour days. And, and, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time together and, and, uh, was, you know, been great friends of the family and for so long. And, and, uh, uh, you know, he's, he's young, he's, he's going to be 71 years old. And, you know, shit, I say that because, you know, we're the same age. We grew up together. We're exactly the same age and, and, you know, to see this and, and, and to, you know, to see what he's going through is, uh, you know, is, is heartbreaking and, you know, a shout out to him and, and his, uh, you know, I know we stay in touch with his brother, Bob, and, and, uh, he's keeping us filled in, but, uh, make sure you, you, you give, give Billy a hug for us and, and, uh, tell him we'll be seeing him soon. So, and to get yeah. better. <clears throat> yeah. We've got tons of great stories with Lel. Uh, most of them we can't say on, uh, on the air here, <laughs> but he's, uh, man, he's good, man. He's traveled with you for years and you know what, man, when, when you travel and you're an athlete and you're somebody who, who does a lot of, you know, public shit, you need a person like Lely, man. You need someone who's able to kind of be your front person and go, go talk to the people or set up to this, get your rackets, make sure, you know, whatever it is. He used to take care of your plane when you had it. I mean, he would take care of grandma when she was getting older and needed help. You know, exactly. when, she, when she got sick, yep. he took care of her. You know, he would do anything for you that you needed. And, you know, I love him and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm praying for him. I hope he's doing better and, and I want to see him soon. 
Yes, indeed. I hate to close you off, son. I, uh, I always got uh, great being with you. You can follow me at, on Twitter at Jimmy Connors. Uh, follow us at, at uh, ADV Connors at Advantage Connors on the podcast. Nice. Follow you at Brett underscore Connors. Send in some questions to uh, to my Facebook. Always love hearing what's on your mind out there, all our our followers. And uh, as always, been great being with you. Love you. That's soon. All right. Tell Lobs hi. Have fun down there. And we'll check in with everybody next week. Peace. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.